Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faceless Fly Fishing and Upland podcast. As always, I'm your host, Timber Pringle, along with my partner, Darcy Toner. Our guest today was a no-show, <laughs> so we decided to compromise and just have a candid chat about how Darcy started fly fishing and how his brother mentored him through the first few years of his fly fishing journey, where he caught a ton of different species, from brown trout to big barracuda. Darcy will also tell us how him and his brother Seamus went about planning their DIY fishing trip to Honduras and how complicated it was before the age of the internet. I want to take a second to thank our sponsors who make this channel possible. For all your fly fishing, upland hunting, and dog needs, shop at orvis.com or visit a fly shop near you. And Diamondback Truck Bed Covers protect your gear with the toughest truck bed cover in the market, and it looks great too. Hi, everyone. Uh, usually we have a special guest on our episode, but today... They didn't answer the phone. That's what <laughs> happened, really. Let's be honest. Yeah. So our, our guest uh, kind of was a no-show. I'm not going to mention who that was. Uh, they but, know. <laughs> but I'm sure they, they'll be reaching out and we'll be having them on again soon. Uh, so I decided that, or we decided that we would record our own kind of interviewing each other so um i'd like to start out by asking darcy how did you get into fly fishing or fishing in general um uh i guess it um i probably would have been about um i say like 19 or 20 years old my brother seamus was a, a pretty avid fly fisher uh growing up um he used to when we were kids um he used to ride his bike down to the bow and he'd fish extensively like with neoprene waders the whole nine yards right and and uh he would fish and tie flies and he took fly tying courses um actually with one of our guests that we have coming up uh jim mclennan or after depending on when we release his podcast but um so he was super in in into fly fishing and like I don't know, as a teenager, I just wasn't into it, you know, like as a, as a younger adult, like in my early teens, like I like ride my bike, doing all that kind of stuff. But, you know, then like girls and, and partying and friends all kind of came along and, and I just drinking, drinking. Yeah. And all those, yeah, well, that's part of partying, but yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and uh, just having a good time with just your having friends. a good time with my friends. And I, and I just kind of just wasn't into it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my, my uh my other brothers would go fish with my brother Seamus, but I just wasn't into it. So I guess I'd say I was twenty years old kinda when I started to actually started to fish and, and um uh it started out pretty simply, you know what I mean? I called I called my brother Seamus up and I was like, Hey, uh kinda wanna go fishing, you know what I mean? So like, you know, uh, will you take me out? And of course he was super into it. So um I met him I was living in downtown Calgary at the time and I met him and we went down to um river that runs through through town, a smaller tributary of the bow that runs through town and where um there is still some pretty healthy brown trout, not like they used to be back then, but but um definitely some brown trout in there and, and um he uh he took me out like 
quick lesson. Like I had casted a fly rod, obviously like he would cast his fly rod. We lived across from like a soccer field when we were kids and he cast his fly rod all the time. And, and obviously I'd casted a fly rod a bit, but not, uh, not to anything particularly. So we went down there and, and sure enough, uh, we went out and, you know, a, a big part of fishing for, for still to this day and, and kind of how I learned to fly to fish was, um, we would just sit on the side of the river. So we just sit and wait, right? So we sit and wait for a hatch and like notoriously in kind of in Alberta and probably most trout streams out there, you know, you kind of have to wait sometimes before the, the fish will start to rise. And I, the, I have to mention, I'm terrible for this. It's like, I just want to start fishing and you're always like, you got to sit back, you got to wait for them to key in. You got to like wait for them to consistently rise before you go out there and start casting if you want a better opportunity to catch. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like the first part, it's like, so of course we went and stopped, we went and got like, you know, some beer and we sat there and, and we sat on the side of the, we sat on the side of the river and waited, like we waited and I was like, okay, you know, and, um, there's a bridge actually that goes by and you over top of this spot. So we kind of sat up there on the bridge, looked down, saw some fish, but they hadn't, there's no hatch that hadn't started rising yet. So side on the side of the river, we had, I think a couple beer and then eventually, um, Eventually, you know, the sun started to go down. Um, it was a fairly shaded area, so, you know, the fish started to key probably a little earlier than they would do if it was clear, like uh, not high banks or there was actually houses along the side of this river, but really expensive houses. Um, uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, the fish started rising. And I remember... Uh, my brother positioned me in a spot where like I could back cast, like basically my back cast went across this like beautiful backyard of this beautiful house, right? Like this big, huge house. So it's like he positioned me. So it's like, I ain't going to hit anything on my back cast, even though I managed to catch the lawn a couple of times, but, uh, the backyard lawn a couple of times. And he sat there beside me and, and, um, watched me cast and cast and cast and cast and cast and i think about like all the times i got tangled and undid the thing and the fish just never stopped rising right like brown trout key in uh, especially like if they're not huge ones like they'll consistently rise and rise and rise and you kind of throw garbage casts at them but um it uh it's not uh <clears throat> it's um you know they'll just keep going so eventually obviously after a little bit of time um I went out there and, and, and got one, right? Like, so, you know, probably 45 minutes and about, you know, three knots later, an hour later. And I got it. And, uh, so I got my first brown trout with my brother on a dry fly, which is, um, probably a pretty special thing to catch a fish at that. You know, I, I remember I hooked it and then obviously I had way too much slack and the fish went down the river and I got up the slack and eventually got it in and I released the fish and I was like, Oh, this, you know, this is, it it didn't take long before I was like, like most people when they first start, when they get that visual, when they are seeing fish rise and you know, you, you can just see it. You, it it like creates that spark and people you, you know, if you're interested in it, like 
it just kind of sets it off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I wanted to do it. I didn't, you know, he had always asked me to go before and I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say that was the first time I did kind of go down there a couple of times, ride my bike down there with them when I was younger, but really it was kind of the first time, like I had chosen to fish, right? Like I had making the conscious effort to, to fish and, and like that started off like a crazy, a crazy amount of time. Like in the first, in that first year, I like, I went, I went crazy. Like all I did was fish all the time with my brother, like, and, 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 uh, and a lot on my own at that time. I, I think I remember you telling me that like Seamus would be busy at, at work. And so he'd be like, go check out this place. And he'd basically send you to like scout for to find spots. And oh, yeah, yeah. I went all over the place. Like I drove all over the place trying to find spots at the time. Right. Like I'd be like, OK, I'll go there. OK, I'll go there and, and look and find. And he, you know, I pick him up. Um, I think he's working in the fly shop at that time, if I remember right. He was working in, in uh, Fish Tail Fly Shop, which is a place in town. My years are probably all, I don't know how old I was, but I think I was 20. I don't think anyone's doing the math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but it, it um, so he, he was, uh, so he's working the fly shop there. So he just sent me out there to go. And like, that's like, in that year, I ended up catching like all species of trout. You know, he took me cutthroat fishing. He took me rainbow trout fishing. He took me out to the West Coast. I caught coho, chinooks. I feel like you're really lucky because you had Seamus to like mentor you through this. And he, he and he was so fish crazy at the time. He really doesn't fish that much anymore. But, you know, to have someone that's that into it, taking you out and and mentoring you through all the steps, it's just, you're really lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super lucky. I was super lucky. Yeah. Like... You know, if you have somebody that's some really good, like a seasoned angler at that time. Like, that is your very good friend or brother <laughs> yeah, or, or, or your or, father. Like there is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, like I just I went. So I, I couldn't I couldn't get enough of it. Right. Like I go out by myself. I I go out and learn how to fish. I, you know, and I caught all those species in like the first year. And within the first couple of years, um, uh, probably the like the, the first real big trip besides going salmon fishing, obviously that was a trip, but, um, I remember he international couple, first, yeah, inter- first international trip was, um, first couple of years we, my brother had actually, um, uh, preceded me a year before he had gone down to Utila and went and fish for bonefish on his own. And Utila is a small Island off of, uh, Honduras. Um, pretty famously known for like the cheapest place you can get your your dive license what's that called again the dive license dive license you remember dive it's just the dive instructor no 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 that's a dive instructor what's it it's like an acronym anyways someone was probably yelling oh it starts at the p i think maybe (laughs) yeah you're yeah um someone can google that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyways anyways someone's yelling at the at the thing they know exactly what i'm saying anyways so he had gone the previous year and he'd gone down and he had gone down to try and catch bonefish on his own by himself. Um, so the next, then he'd come back and he's like, Oh yeah, there's bonefish there. I caught bonefish on my own. I caught tarpon. Um, you know, we should all go down there. Right. So he convinced me and my dad and, uh, a good friend of his and his good, a good friend of his, um, girlfriend, right to 
and my brother's wife now to all go down to Utila to go um, look for bonefish and like go bonefishing on our own, like full DIY, no, no internet, no internet at the time. Yeah. That was like, it was definitely part of it. Right. Like, so of course I went out and bought the, um, uh, um, what's the travel books called? Oh, Oh my so, God. Uh, I, I do know the drive thing is Patty, Patty instructor. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Patty instructor. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, uh, lonely planet, lonely planet. Yes. Yeah. So if anybody knows they, they had a television show for a little bit, actually for a while there in like the mid two thousands or something like that. But, um, uh, so this is before the internet, I got, uh, a lonely planet book, right? So a lonely, didn't, didn't I, they have like, um, uh, like bed and breakfast and stuff like that, where you could stay listed in them. Um, am I right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My, my, the thing about it was, is that my brother Seamus, um, actually, let me, let me start that over again. What had happened was my brother Seamus had gone down to Belize and Guatemala. I had been down there when I was 19 years old. And what I had done is, is, um, I went and traveled down there. Um, I remember he's like, did you see any fish? And I was like, I don't know, maybe a couple of them. But I didn't but remember that much. I was like nineteen, they were. nineteen like, years old, and and in uh, Belize di- and Guatemala, different time. But anyways, so you get these uh, Lonely Planet books, like tell you where to stay, like uh, you know what, how much each of the, those little places you can rent is, and like what fare you have to take, and and all this kind of all this information. So, um. So my brother had gone down there. We had all traveled down there and we had planned to stay, I believe, uh, uh, at least three weeks. Uh, me and my dad, my brother's friend stayed a, a week or something like that. And my brother Seamus was going to stay with his wife now for just over a month. Anyways. Moving forward, let's just call Emma his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, oh, so the plan was like, hey, we're going to go down there. So you know, this is before the internet, before Google Earth, all that kind of stuff. So we went down to this place called Map Town and we got like a topographical or like you could get like maps. You We ordered a special map of the island uh, uh, Utila and it gave like depths, right? So like it gave, you know, this far off the coast is like one foot or two feet or three feet or whatever you, it is. Could you right? see the flats uh, on these on these topographical maps? No. No. No, it was like a legit map with like, like a picture, like not a, not a, not a, not a photograph, like a drawing, a drawing map, you know, and it gave us the depths and we even got it out one. Like, so it's like a sailing one. So like, you know, the passes and stuff like that, all to try to figure out where the flats were in Utila and how many flats we could find in Utila. Did you, did you guys know that there was going to be flats there for sure? Oh yeah. Well, Seamus had been there the year before. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seamus had been there the year before. We definitely knew that there would be flats there. We didn't know. We didn't know. Um, we didn't know all the flats, right? Like, so uh, one of the notorious things that happens when you go to those islands, and, and most people, and and you know this as well, Timber, like that. One of the things there's a given, right? There's always the airport flats. Like oh, yeah. every oh, island yeah. in Bahamas. Every island I've been to anywhere, except for actually Guanaja, 
But anyways, most of them, most of the islands have a have a flats, right? And they're called the airport flats because the airport is on those islands is usually in the flattest section, right? So the longest flattest section is where they put the airport, which is also conducive the, to having the flats. The, right the, by the Ohio airport is a special one though, because it's like in between those little mountain ranges. It's just super sketchy coming in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Maybe that, there is one on the backside though. though. Actually, we drove by it on the boat that time. Anyways, so... So he knew about the airport flats. He knew about some of the tarpon opportunities that you, you could get. There was a bar in town, like most of those places where they have, where they feed the tarpon. So like, you know, I have no qualms, um, especially at that time. I'd probably be a little more of a prude now, but oh, at that time I would, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, about throwing cats to, to bar tarpon. But anyways, so we went, we got the mats, we went down there and uh, we flew to, to Guchigalpa, which is the capital of Honduras, I'm pretty sure. And um, How pers- many flights was it? Because I know when we went to Honduras, it was quite a few. Oh, this was, oh, it's crazy. For the first, so what happened was, is we had to flew, fly from Calgary to LA. So we, this is, is um, a kind of a sign of the time. So, uh, at, at the time. So we flew from Calgary to LA and we got, to, when we got to LA, so we got to LAX, we flew from, we had to fly TACA Airlines, which is an airline, I think it's pretty popular in South America, but they fly uh, uh, Central America and um, I think to Mexico as well. I don't even know if it's still around, but anyways, uh, it was a big airline at the time. So we flew from Calgary to LA and um, so this is pre-internet, right? So, uh, when we flew from LA to uh, San Salvador and El Salvador, we flew to, to Guchigalpa. When we flew to LA, we're in the airport. We're waiting. We actually had to to disembark from our flight and actually recheck our bags in. They didn't roll the check over in, so we went over to the line. And um, I didn't know this at the time, but there's a massive population of El Salvadorians in in California in in the United States in general with that war in the the Civil War drove a, a tons of El Salvadorians into the United States like in the eighties and um probably in the seventies too and so they're all going back home to visit their families and they brought everything so there was like carts they all had carts and like the carts were like full of stuff you know this is this isn't the way it is now. Like you can't get everything everywhere, right? Like it was a big thing. They would bring like televisions and you still see that now when you're going traveling to South America. I bet you you still see people bringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like not, like it not. was insanity, right? So they're all so it took forever to finally check our bags in, and then we're waiting in LAX. So we're waiting in LAX, and and there's like you know all El Salvadorians and like me, my dad, my brother, Emma. And then, uh, Seamus's friends. I don't think they were there. They met us later on. Anyways. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And all of a sudden they roll out a scale, like a scale, you know, like the ones you see, you know, guess your weight scales. Right. So they roll out the scale. And I'm like, what's going on here? They're like, Hey, everybody line up. I was like, all right. 
So they all line up like, you know, they're normally like seats one to 14, then 14 to 28. But anyways, and 28 to whatever, 42. And uh, uh, they didn't do that. Everybody line up. Doesn't matter where you're sitting, everybody line up. And they proceeded to weigh every single person that was on the plane with a piece of paper and a pencil because so many people had brought stuff that they didn't, that they didn't. They were going to max out on the weight and they wanted to make sure that, you know, they were not going to be overweight. And, uh, you know, so pen and pencil, pen and pencil, weighed everybody up, got on the plane. Very manual. Very, very very manual. manual. Oh my God. Needless to say, I wasn't like super secure on that, on that airline. So we flew. Uh, Sometimes you just got to roll with the punches uh, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. traveling to South America. Central uh, it, America. Or, but yeah. Sorry, Central America. It's just kind of. That's the way it goes. Yep, of course. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so anyways, we flew, we fly over and we fly down to uh, San Salvador in, 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 in El Salvador, um, which my dad actually got, um, food poisoning in on the way back home because he ate a Philly cheesesteak, but that's a different story. Anyways, <laughs> don't eat Philly cheesesteaks at the San Salvador airport. Um, so we flew, then we flew over to Tegucigalpa and then we uh, were in Tegucigalpa and we took a bus to the coast. And if I can't remember the name of the, of the town on the coast of Honduras that we went to, it was the same one that we went to, Timber. Anyways, um, so we we went over there and then we took a ferry over to Utila. You could take a plane over there, but we took a ferry. Uh, we stayed at um, like you know a, a boarding house, basically. What it is? It's like you know a bed, a couple beds, like right? a hostel, like a hostel kind of. I don't know. I can't remember what the name of them were back then. But did you um, find it in Lonely Planet? Yeah, and we my brother had scoped it out the year before. So we we went there. Um, the The whole island, the whole island of Utila. Hopefully, it's not this way still. But it, the whole island of Utila is um, powered by like a diesel generator, right? So there's like this giant generation plant like on the coast there, like spewing black smoke all day long. Hopefully, they've gone solar, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. in Ishkalak. <laughs> we went to Ishkalak, and they're solar. So yeah, there's a lot of solar there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And, here's uh, hoping for you. Here's hoping, yeah, yeah, for you tell us. So, anyways, they had this huge generator, and the generator. So, the place we stayed at was like, is you know, um, I had been to Belize and Guatemala before this, but so I kind of knew what that kind of Central American heat was like. But um, it was crazy hot. So we stayed in this place. So humid. Yeah. So humid. So humid, and just amazingly hot. So we got there. We stayed in this place, and um, there. No air conditioning, right? So no air conditioning, um, which isn't that bad. You know, I'm still young. I probably could deal with no air conditioning now, but but uh, uh, no air conditioning. Uh, pretty minimal screens on the on the on the windows and like a fan. So we get there first night, stay in the place, um, go out, have beer, um, drink beer eat uh, baliendas which is uh, a tortilla with beans on it 
and like cheese, like a cheese curd, like uh, a cheese curd. Sometimes you get chicken on it. And then sometimes I think there's cabbage on there. It's basically a a little tortilla, but it's like they're called baliendas there. So like the town. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's great. And uh, uh, so first night we get there and then like, I don't know how my brother didn't mention this to me. He probably did. And I just never thought about it. But at like in the middle of the night when you're in Utila, all the, all that generator doesn't run 24 hours a day in the middle of the night, it shuts down. So they're not running diesel all night long. So for who knows how many hours, probably at least four, maybe six, there's no fans. There's no fans. There's no lights. So the entire town boom, goes dark. Wow. Yeah, in the middle of the night because they just don't have any power. Or they have power, I'm, but I'm they like, don't want to wow burn diesel. Wow, to the no fans yeah, and that yeah. kind of humidity because yeah, yeah. so I've been first night was and, First night was pretty tough, you know what I mean, as far as the heat goes. And, you know, the fans are nice because it keeps kind of the bugs off of you and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and you we know, all know just, the sand flies and no seams can get through the screens too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where my, like, I think I'm allergic to no seams. But anyways. Who is yeah, I, I think it all came from an instance there when I decided not to wear bug spray and go try and catch tarpon with no wind. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, so we stayed goes, there. Boom, goes blackout dark. It's like. Goes blackout dark, yeah, middle of the night. It's just so crazy though. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> they must have gone to solar because how is anyone going to charge their phones and stuff? And they couldn't do it in the middle of the night. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, you tell uh, back then, I'm sure it is now, but back then, you know, it was like mostly like young, young people, right? Like, so like 18 to like 24, which like I found that in that age group at that time. But like all those people are there are getting their pals, right? Like they're all getting. That's the whole thing there is to get your, your pal. What's a pal? pal isn't that the diving? No, Patty. Patty. P-A-D-I. Anyways. Pal, pal is, uh, is uh, acquisition uh, license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the firearms license. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> These acronyms. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so they are all getting there. So everyone's into diving there. Everybody. And like everybody's into diving, and then did it's you guys like, try and like uh, get some fish knowledge from them. Now that I feel like uh, divers, no, actually we didn't. We didn't. Yeah, divers don't really appreciate fishermen. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we went down there, and, and we got. Uh, uh, yeah, we didn't get any fish knowledge from them at all. So it's like a whole bunch of people like partying and like getting their dive license, and us. When so we're these like, were like Americans, Canadians? Or? Oh, yeah, Americans, Canadians, all people from Europe, all over the place, right? You know, all over the place. And So uh, a pretty heavily tourist area. Pretty heavily tourist area, you know, like the, the economy was built off of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, economy was built off of that for sure. Um, no fly fishing guides, no fly fishermen, just me and my family, basically, down there fishing. <laughs> and... uh Sure enough, we went down to the airport flats and it took us, I would say it took us a good, oh, I would say it took us a good four or five days. So before anybody got a bonefish, I think, um, Seamus, Seamus caught one first for sure. Were you, were you experienced enough to be able to see the fish? Cause I like, you know, that's something that comes with time, you know, I think the thing that I saw first was, 
I think what I saw first was um, the nervous water. That was mm-hmm. kind of the first time I, I kind of started, you know, when the people are like, they're right over there and you're like, yeah, yeah, I see them. And, but you don't actually see them, right? You know, you think you see them, but if anybody says those words, like, I think I saw a fish, I'm like, no, you never think I you think saw. I think that was one. Yeah. It's either a fish or it isn't a fish. You're not allowed to say think and fish in the same sentence as far as I'm concerned. But anyways, I've said it a million times, but, um, but, uh, so we went down there and, and yeah, we caught, we caught, you, you know, know, it took I, a while to, it took us a while to catch bonefish. And I quickly realized how bad of a caster I am, you know, and because I just wasn't guys, prepared. Were you fighting some wind or? Oh yeah, it was windy. Or you're not used to the heavier rods. All or? that kind of stuff. Yeah. All that, all that but stuff. But like was Seamus crushing it? Well, yeah, he could, well, yeah, he could catch catch them and and that was the first time i had actually seen one of the first time i had seen bonefish and i've seen this now several times uh, bone fishing where i we saw bonefish sitting in currents so when the when the tide would go out the bonefish would actually sit in that kind of tidal yeah we've seen that before yeah yeah a fair bit yeah. yeah 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 and uh that's how i got my first one so i didn't actually have to cast at the bonefish i casted like uh I'm trout fishing like into the tide as it's going out and then like swung the bonefish fly into the bonefish and like couple strips, boom, got a bonefish. Um, it took my dad a long time to get one. And then, hey, yeah. So this sounds like a pretty successful trip. Um, everybody, I don't think Emma was fishing. I'm assuming. Cause she no, was she not. wasn't. No. Yeah. Everybody got bonefish. I've been on trips where nobody's got a bonefish or one well, we yeah, not never when no one's got one, but no. few and far between. They well, were. there's been one where I never got one. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. when I first started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, another another you, thing we did there did, was did, sorry. Did you guys go after tarpon at all? Did you guys were you successful in finding anything other than like a bar tarpon kind of scenario? Um, yeah, we never hooked a tarpon. When we were down there. Did you find uh, like a tarpon hole at all? Well, yeah, the tarpon would. So in in Utila, there's like a. And in many of those places, there's like a, a bridge that kind of goes over, uh, kind of a an area into like that brackish water, like the mangroves mm-hmm. and back in there. And the tarpon would roll in and out of there in the morning. I got like massively bad sandfly bites one morning there, but, um, yeah. So we would, I would go there every morning and try and catch a tarpon. Still I never pre- did. Pretty cool to see as like a uh like a novice fly fisher these huge fish coming in and rolling, you know, that, that I'm sure that was pretty exciting in, in general. Right. Oh yeah. 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 The, we actually like, you're not even seeing them on like fly fishing videos or anything like that because there's no internet. You're not. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we had Walker's K Chronicles. What's that? It's a uh, flip pallets show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Flip pallet show. And so when, when I first got you into had that fishing, on v- VHS, I'm assuming. Yes, yes, 100. <laughs> percent That's exactly where we watched it. Yeah, yeah. So I like watched all like the, uh, you could rent them from the fly shop, right? So, in the, you go in the back of the fly shop, and they'd have all the videos you could rent. So you could either buy fly fishing videos at the time, or you could rent them. Okay, so I would go. I got all the. I would wa- and they had all the Walker's K Chronicles, right? So. Which are like his, his were the best, right? Like that, his voice, like he would do, he'd never talk to the camera, right? So I, you know, and, and he'd fish and 
you know, in the Bahamas and Florida and in South Texas, probably New Orleans, all those kind of places. Right. So it was like all that kind of fishing. So yeah, I, I knew about tarpon. Like I knew about like the pursuit of them and everything. And then, um, what we did do though, is we rented kayaks. So in Utila, there's like a massive bay. Mm-hmm. All right. So on the far side of the bay, there's, uh, like a reef. So we decided we were going to go over to this reef and like do some reef fishing, like with fly rods, but with fly rods and sinking lines. Mm-hmm. So we, we rode all the way across. Um, I had my own, uh, uh, <clears throat> I had my own kayak. Uh, my dad had his own kayak. My brother and his wife, Emma had their own kayak and they kayaked all the way. We kayaked all the way across this bay, right? So it's like this huge bay. Get all the way across, you know, fish for a few hours. I think we caught a few small snappers and stuff like that. I know I wrapped like a super heavy grain sinking line around my head. Like oh, wind okay. came along and like nice. <laughs> basically got like, you know, it felt like a, like a jellyfish bite. You know what I mean? Like it was like stung my whole face just from like the fly line wrapping around me. Anyways. So we, we fished all day. Um, we decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to row back. So we, when we go to row back, like the wind changed. So what was a like 45 minute kayak one way turned into like at least a couple of hours going back. So, you know, if anybody's ever kayaked with a fly rod before, like the, the, the thing you do like every time, right? You're like, Hey, if I have to cut, if I have to go somewhere, like waste time, not fishing when you're on a DIY trip, like what am I going to do? I'm going to fish. Right. So I, I, I got a clouser minnow. Um, I got a clouser minnow, heavy, heavy line, 40 pound test or something like that, you know, strip out, 30 30 feet of line cast out behind me and then start trolling start trolling right so kai kai all the way across all the way across i'm just getting kind of back to where that bridge is where the tarpon are i'm just about to come into that bay and all of a sudden my fly rod like shoots between my legs like shoots directly between my legs and i reach back like barely get my fly rod before it drops off the back of the kayak lift up grab the fly rod and there's like this massive barracuda on like massive do you have wire leader just doubt it you know what i don't think i had a wire leader on i if i were to tell you whether i did or didn't i I, i'd be lying you know if i you know so i don't know if i did or didn't i must have had it on there i think i would have at the time but okay so you got a wire leader on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> needless to say, like I'm exhausted at this point. Like I've been fishing all day. It's sunny, and and I had, you know, on the way back, escaped getting hit by the ferry as it came across through the bay. Like it was, you know, but I'm young. I don't. I'm so excited. Like I've gotten this barracuda, right? So I got this barracuda fighting the barracuda bear and if anybody's ever hooked like a larger barracuda like when it first when you first hook it it like does this like series of crazy like it just shoots out crazy and it does this series of crazy jumps right like i've had it happen straight one time. line jumps you know and you're just like oh my god i got this huge fish right did it go into your backing oh yeah way yeah, into yeah. my backing yeah crazy yeah. crazy way into my backing so we went 
uh, we fought it, we fought it, we fought it. And my brother is uh, uh, a, a fair bit behind me and he sees that I have this fish hooked, right? And like, he's with his wife during a two-person kayak and like... I can just fish her. She and oh, he's, he's like, oh. so excited. Like, I know you can see and like, I think he's told me in the past, like, he's so excited. Like, you know, it's been, a t- we've gotten bonefish, but like, it... Getting a huge barracuda. Well, it was, it wasn't... It was tough. Everything was tough. It's a DIY trip. You know yeah, what I mean? It's a DIY trip. Like, yeah, it's it, nothing's coming I don't know. easy. I've, I've never caught a huge barracuda. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing's coming easy, right? At this time, right? So like he's so excited that I got this fish, right? So we, got, we get in, we row. I'm like trying to row and like fight this barracuda at the same time. And then like him and Emma are like in the kayak and fighting it and uh, whatever, you know. Trying and, to fight a fish from the kayak. Trying to fi- is, yeah, is, and, my, is. and my dad's coming in. Like <laughs> everybody's coming in and we're like all like, you know, I feel now it's like, now it's not fun anymore, right? Like it's fun. It's chaos. It's, it's chaos. chaos. So it's like, now it's like, I feel so much pressure to land this fish, right? So I feel so much pressure to land this fish. And Good thing you got the wire leader on. <laughs> yeah, 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 I must have had one. But anyways, uh, uh, so I fight this fish and, and uh, uh, my dad's there. Are you and, able to eventually get out of the kayak and stand? Yeah, there? we get out of the kayak, but like it's all muddy and stuff like that mm-hmm. by the mangroves. But I know I got, we, I got out to land it, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the barracuda is coming in and I'm fighting it and, you know, you know, they're intimidating fish, right? Like you're not grabbing it unless it's like dead tired. You know what I mean? So uh, even then you should uh, be very careful because I've seen a YouTube video before where that guy, he got his chest like ripped open by it. Yeah. 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 yeah they're yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, uh, I so finally get, get I get it in. My dad's there. My sister-in-law is there. My brother's there. We're all there. I, I land this like, you know, how big? I don't know. I, uh, actually, I, I shouldn't say how big. I have a photo of this. It's actually, it's like a scanned photo that was... My dad took a picture. Yeah. yeah with and, like a disposable camera. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and so then that was scanned and then I, I, and I, and then printed on a printer and then I actually made a scrapbook page out of it. This yeah. is like 15 years ago. I made the... <laughs> like, I... This is before I fished. I made this scrapbooking page of Darcy and his fish that he got on the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will put it up. We can show how big it it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's an old photo and it's awesome, right? So like, you know, Make, highlight of the trip. Making family memories. Highlight of the trip. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Highlight of the trip. And, 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 um, but, so I got, I landed the Barracuda. We ended up going out, um, who grabbed the barracuda? Oh, Seamus did. Okay. Yeah, yeah Seamus did he's eventually. The pro. Yeah, he's yeah. the professional at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 We ended up going out. Um, we actually found permit there. Um, uh, we took a boat out, went to the opposite side of the island, um, found permit. Um, so, like, just a local fly f- or fisherman? or Yeah, we rented a boat. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we, we rented so a boat. So, you guys were driving the boat? No, 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 no. No, like a fisherman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a pangay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. found a guy in town that would drive us out to the other side of the yeah. island. Yeah. I think you could kayak there, but it, we didn't want to. <laughs> After yeah. the excursion. When we, we found that, when we had the, when we had the mat, we found, like, oh, there's this bay on the backside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Seamus casted to a few permit. Um, he's much more experienced with, like, looking and finding them like seeing them, but 
but yeah, he cast it to a few permit. Um, I never got one, but, uh, definitely had an opportunity to go out there and, and do that. Um, so you, you got the uh, boat, they took got, you to the backside. Yeah. 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 And found and? some permit. And then we also rented, we also rented a boat to go. We found this other little tiny Island, right? So like, we're like, yeah, on Thursday, we're going to go out to this other little tiny Island. It's like a, you know, like basically a deserted Island. And, um, um, we went out there and the morning we woke up, it was like super stormy. Right. So it was like raining and like waves. My brother's friend had been got there at that time. And then, uh, he's like, I'm not going, I'm not going out there. You know, it's horrible weather and like, you know, you guys are diehards. You traveled this far. You're going, we're going, you got rain jackets. We got rain jackets. Yeah. That's, you know, we got rain jackets. It's the tropics. How bad can it be? So they, they took us out on the boat. I think it was like 45 minutes on like a little pange and it's like, you know, chop slamming down, pouring rain the whole time our way out there. And the guy like drops us off on the island. And he's like, hey, I'll be back later on today to pick you up. He drops us off on this island. And like within 45 minutes, it was, we were, we were beyond cold, like freezing. You know, so you, it's you just the three of you? No, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's me, my dad. Oh, your dad's there too. Me, my dad. Emma, Seamus. Emma and Seamus. So all the there. Yeah. Four of us. And we were, we're dying. Like we're, it's so cold, right? Like it's warmer to go underneath the water, right? Like to be underneath the water, but you can only do that for so long before you, you start to get robbed of your heat too. So it's like pouring rain. We fish for like maybe this 10 like minutes. sounds like a dangerous situation. Oh yeah. Maybe 10 minutes. And like we're freezing, right? Uh, Seamus had a lighter. We tried to light a fire, couldn't get the fire lit. And we, there's like this old kind of rundown house, you know? Yeah, yeah, like a shack. Like a shack that was on there. It, you know, Not it even was, a shack, it, yeah. It yeah. was soaking wet inside of there too. Like all the rain was coming through there. But we like got all in there and like sat super close to one another and sat there all day long. And the weather just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And... We were so scared that the, they were going to come back and get I, us. I would like, have been scared in the first place, even if it's like with the weather being good. Is this guy going to come back and get us? Well, like, you know, you know. You got to take risks. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't so worried about like that. I just didn't know if it was like the weather was too bad. Like for, them for him to get, to get out. For them to get out there and get us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you it obviously, was, it was, you it obviously go, live the, since you're here uh, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is hands down. I'm sure you can ask Emma and Seamus and my dad. It is the coldest I've ever been in my entire life in Honduras. Where your in hands Central like America. all pruned up and like. We're soaked. And like the rain is cold. You know what I mean? It's probably like, who knows, maybe. Well, you it's know, probably 23 degrees on Celsius. The, on the show Survivor, you see those people out there and they, you know, they're freezing. I'm freezing. Yeah. Absolutely freezing cold. And we couldn't get a fire. I think it was close. I ever came to like legitimate hypothermia. Maybe a couple of times I fell in the river in the wintertime, but like legitimate, like hypo, like felt like I was like, I've never been so cold in my life. 
So and the guy comes back, picks us up, drives back to Utah. Was he like, how was the fishing out there today, guys? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and like, we survived the boat ride. I bet you you were so happy to see him when he pulled up on the boat. I remember I never slept so good as the whole time I was there. It was that night, right? Because, you know, you come back, like, all of a sudden you're warm. And you know? you're like, I'm so cool. happy. Crawl into bed. Crawl, like, so, I remember being so happy that I was, like, dry and warm. And uh, we ended up going fishing with the, when we were there, we also went fishing with the uh, mayor. We mm-hmm. met the mayor of Utila. We we're walking down the street and he's like, oh, you guys are fishing here? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice. Like, I'll take you out. And he took us out fishing and he ended up catching like a huge snapper, a huge snapper. And then like, it's like the first time I ever seen like a fish get pulled from the depths, you know, and its eyes like balls oh, yeah. out of its head and like did he keep it did he eat it? oh yeah, yeah 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 he I kept figured. it oh yeah huge one yeah yeah huge did, one didn't they have uh big problems with uh netting of bonefish in utila isn't that what we yeah were, yeah when we met we, that guy the, like years the, later the, we went to guanaha the jade dealer didn't he was silver no it was jade okay anyways, anyways. <laughs> uh yeah 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 they would net them and then sell them for a dollar yeah, yeah they would net them for easter yeah. Yeah. For Easter. Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if they still, that was, well, that, that was that even was about 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. We met that guy. Yeah. He said there weren't very many bonefish there left at that time, but they know they were trying to do some, some work, some work, um, to, uh, to alleviate that problem. But, um, yeah, so we went out with him, caught snapper. We also went out with, um, uh, uh, a, a gentleman. So on those islands out there, there's a huge, it's very mixed like culture, right? So there's, um, lots of like, uh, Spanish speaking people. Well, most of them, they all speak Spanish, but, um, so it's like, um, a, a whole bunch of, it's like a mix, right? Of cultures. But one of the mixes is like, there's like a group of white utilans there and they're from, they like are derived from like the Scandinavian nations when they came over on and they came over like as, as, as uh, fishermen, right. Um, I don't know when I should probably know this, but anyways, they came over there as fishermen and they're like, um, they settled. So there's like, uh, like, uh, Spanish speaking, Central Americans. There's, um, a lot of, um, African American people that are from, you know, Caribbean sides and all that kind of stuff. And there's, um, the Spanish, uh, speaking people, African-Americans, and then like a group of white people that are there as well. And uh, anyways, we ended up going out. He he owned like a fishing charter, right? So he'd take people like out, deep sea fishing yeah. charter, yeah, in a pangay as well. And uh, we ended up going out fishing with him. Um, we had the, we were like, I'm going to go tuna fishing. We're going to go out and catch tuna with him. And we went out and... So you hired him. Hired him for the day, yeah. His boat leaked like crazy. Had to bail it the whole time. And uh, we had these big plans. Me and my brother were going to like bring, we're going to go catch tuna and like, and then like harvest the tuna on the boat and then eat. A big thing about tuna is you have to bleed it out. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, so you're going to like bleed it out, cut a piece of tuna and like eat raw tuna on the boat. Like you're going to have some sushi. Kind on of the thing. boat. Yeah. That was our big plan. Um, 
we like to make big plans before. <laughs> Anyways, so that was like our big plan. And then we got well, out that's there. That's all part of the fun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the anticipation for sure. And uh, so what we did was we, and uh, if if people don't know, Hunter, uh, in Honduras, the cigars are really good. Like there's supposedly Honduran cigars. I'm sure there's somebody that smokes cigars like you're, you don't know what you're talking about, but I'm pretty sure Honduran <laughs> cigars are like only second to Cuban cigars. It's like premium cigars. So we went out there. We, you know, we splurged. We got a boat for the day, right? Like he's not, this guy's not a fly fisherman, right? But we're like, all you're going to need to do is like find these bait balls, like get the boat as close as possible to the bait balls. And like, we'll try and we'll try and catch tuna. So I ended up catching a whole bunch of bonita tuna and there was like pretty swelly at that. Like there was huge swales at that time. Mm-hmm. Like so much so you couldn't see the, see the shore. And I'd be it's so <laughs> hot, right? So hot. And like we're smoking cigars, you know, and then we're catching tuna. So like by the time we get the tuna and it's like, I'm not cutting anything up. You know what I mean? Like I'm barely holding it together. Like. Were you getting seasick at all? Like just like I'm pretty good. Like I don't get seasick, but the combination of like swells can just the swells, the rolling waves, the sun, and the cigars. It's like I wasn't like I I wouldn't say that I was. um, uh, uh, I I didn't throw up right or nothing like that, but I wasn't feeling like tip top shape the whole time. You're getting by. I'm getting by, and uh, I actually ended up catching a yellowfin tuna there. Oh, nice. On a fly rod, yeah. So that was a crazy fight. And um, this is all in the first, like, couple of years I started fishing. Like, I caught so many species of fish. Well, I definitely caught more species of fish in the first two couple of years that I started fishing than subsequent years after that, right? So, like, I caught... Like, you all, haven't caught that many species since we've been fishing together. Not different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not different you, species. You were in salmon and you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've caught all that since yeah, we've been yeah. together, but... Yes, but not first time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Not, not new species. You haven't yeah. got a yellowfin tuna, that's for sure. No, we got bonita though. In, in, yeah, but and you haven't got a big barracuda. No, not since then. No, no. And um, uh, So it's a lot in the first couple yeah, of years. Yeah, first couple of years is crazy. Yeah, yeah, crazy amounts it's of success. It's all downhill but like, from there. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but a lot of it was like uh, tenacity, for sure. Not that I don't still have it to this day, but but definitely like worked really hard and it just, it all worked out in the long run, you know? So I ended up catching a yellowfin tuna. You're just thirsty for more. You're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You, that, you got the bug bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, like if you, like, do you want to go, like, yes is my answer to everything at that time, right? Still to this day, I'll say yes to most things, but, but uh, definitely wasn't afraid to like fail. And um, um, so you, needless to say, didn't bleed out the tuna, but yeah, I'm we assuming. caught, we kept, we kept it though. Yeah. 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 We brought saying. it back and we brought it to a restaurant. They made us, uh, um, ceviche. Or ceviche. Yeah, yeah. 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 At that time at all the restaurants there, the, the people were all getting the disease from eating barracuda. Uh, cigatera. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we won't cut that part out <laughs> where Darcy had to Google it and I was right. It is cigatera. So. What's the one you get from the bears? Anyways. And, uh, uh, so, yeah, everybody was getting that. There was a whole bunch. There was people that got that disease, and it's supposed to be super painful. Okay. Anyways, long story short, uh, they made you ceviche. The ceviche was it was a fantastic trip. Um, we did have an experience on the way back. So my brother ended up staying longer. Uh, they traveled around uh, Honduras for a bit. Um, 
But on the way back, it was just me and my dad, and we ended up going, ended up back in Tegucigalpa, and uh, we stayed in. This is the story I requested. But didn't you have a nasty bout of like food poisoning when you guys were there too? Oh, everybody got it there, yeah. Like the to the point, didn't they have to like get a doctor to come in? You no, guys no, no, get... no, no, no. That's when Seamus went to Mexico. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we all, you know, we all got Montezuma's revenge. Oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's something that can come with. Uh, traveling yeah to, to the trop- tropics to yeah, the yeah. tropics yeah 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 and um uh okay so on to the story the way back so on the way back so on the way back dad, from, yeah. yeah yeah so on the way back from 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 um uh honduras we uh, we flew out of tuguchigapa me and my dad we went back to town and and we got a hotel which was like super sketchy hotel i can't believe my dad did all this stuff how old would your dad have been at the time? Um, I don't know, but he probably would have been. Um, he, anyways, he wasn't afraid. Forties, yeah, late forties, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, like you doing it now, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it is awesome that you got to do all this with your dad and your brother. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was super cool. Yeah, so we ended up staying in Tegucigalpa and um, the shady hotel. Yeah, yeah, we stayed in this this crazy hotel that was like super sketchy, like. Um, they locked all the doors at nighttime and stuff like that. And I couldn't sleep. Like, there's no way I could sleep there. Like it's just the, that city. I'm sure to this day, I know it's super bad. Right. We actually went out, me and my dad went out to dinner that night and then we were walking through town. And, um, so I had a sketchy cab driver and a really, really nice cab driver. So we're, we're walking through town and the soccer game had gotten out and, it was like evening, late, late evening, maybe almost uh, nighttime at that point. And, and, uh, there was just craziness on the streets. And this guy pulled off in a cab, pulls up beside me and my dad. And he's like, you should get in. And I'm like, I'm so naive. And at that time, I still take these kind of risks when I go to these places. But anyways, um, he's like, uh, you should get in. And I was like, why? And he's like, it's just not safe for you and your for you and your dad right now you know and uh anyways we ended up getting in and uh uh he took us back to the hotel but anyways next morning uh our our flight leaves super early in the morning and uh our cab comes at like five in the morning or something we have to get him to unlock the gate to get out of the hotel right like a big cage i had to wake up I had to go back in the back room behind the thing and wake the guy up to open the cage so that we can go get, get the get the uh, cab, right? We had ordered the cab the night before, and then we had we were driving through to Gucigalpa, like through this like the super scary sections to Gucigalpa. It's just like this guy and, and- every two blocks, like maybe every three blocks actually, pulled over on the side of the road. And just park the car for like a minute. And then we drive another three blocks. And this went on for like a good 20 minutes till we got on the highway. And like still to this day, I was like every time we just sit in these like super sketchy neighborhoods and for like what, he a wasn't minute. saying anything? Well, he spoke Spanish. I didn't speak Spanish. Mm. Like I barely have like a couple of sentences I can say and understand, you know, mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't know how to say what the hell are we doing stopping every 33 blocks for, for a minute, you know? And I was just like waiting, waiting. For somebody to come rob you. Come, come out of the, come out of one of those houses and rob us. Yeah. Which I'd be more than willing to just be like, here, take everything I see my plane ticket, my passport, you know, like, yeah, you know, just don't uh, shank a, me or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, that's, it, that's, that's like a good, like, thing. Like, if, if anybody wants to take a tip from here, it's like, do not bring anything to, um, on any trip that, that you're not willing to part with. Yeah, that you're not willing to part with. Not, you know, knock on wood, like, we've been lucky enough to, like, the scams have been pretty small. Any scam that I've fallen for in those kind of countries, you know, maybe 20 bucks here or something like that. But, you know, but if, you know, you always have to give, you know, keep some money in your pocket. Sure. Here. No problem. Have a nice day. I'll, whatever you want. I don't see you. I don't see you. Just take whatever you need. And yeah. there's a lot of um, drugs that come through there too, just given the location, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's tons of stuff. We'll talk about that when we talk about Guanaja one time. Yeah, yeah we'll do a, a separate podcast on our... Other sp- trips to Honduras. And, yeah. yeah, and other places. So, yeah. anyways, uh, so... We the, got to the airport. We got out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It was all it was With all, all your good. money and everything. With all our money with everything, yeah. Yeah, we got back on the highway. We didn't stop or nothing. But it's just the one of those times when you're just like... You're just waiting, sitting in that car, waiting for something bad to happen. And nothing did. Made it back. Yeah. We ended up going back to Honduras three times. Yeah, we've been twice together, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great so country. Yeah. It, it is. People are super nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've made some friends there. And it's, you know, given the amount of extensive and some tra- enemies actually too as well <laughs> <laughs> the amount of travel it takes to get there with all the connectors i don't think it's gotten much simpler to get there it's just a lot of connecting flights and you know now Probably, it, well it's they you can fly direct from 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 houston so if you're an american for sure it's a lot easier yeah definitely yeah yeah um but it. yeah so <laughs> so seamus Took you under his wing, taught you how to fish, how to go saltwater fishing. I think you're extremely lucky, and I think it's pretty cool your dad went with you on these trips and stuff. Um, yeah, he just, yeah, but my dad doesn't care either. My dad's a well-traveled pretty, person. He's pretty easygoing guy. Your yeah. dad rolls with the punches for sure. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing your family uh, adventures with us and uh, being a guest fill in on the podcast yeah perfect no problem yeah anytime i got a million stories that's for sure especially when it comes to fishing thanks everybody for listening bye-bye thanks for listening to the podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review and subscribe to the channel and don't forget to tune in again next week thanks again for listening